Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval. Christmas did not come early for the Arizona Cardinals in the Windy City. Instead, it was a Week 16 stocking full of coal. What's going on, everybody? Tyler Drake here alongside Lauren Colville for another edition of Cardinals Corner after the Arizona Cardinals have fallen 27-16 to the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Just another rough showing Really, throughout the whole game, obviously the score looks a little closer than it was, but yeah, that was another rough, rough, rough one right before the holidays hit. Right out of the gates, too. Right out of the gates, it was bad. I mean, they'd stopped the Bears on their first drive of the game, left them to a punt. Next one, touchdown, which the Bears have had somewhat slow starts to games this season. And so seeing that the Cardinals defense couldn't stop them early, especially in the big yardage plays. Oh, yeah. That and on the ground. And on the ground, which was surprising because the Bears' number one running back foreman was out for personal reasons today. So they had Khalil Herbert kind of move up into that number one slot. Before, again. <laughs> again. Before the season had started, it was understood he would be the number one backer after they'd moved on from David Montgomery. And he really got his chance to prove why he should be that number one backer today. And he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Like you said, three three straight touchdowns after that first punt. Two of them are rushing. One of them by Fields, three-yard touchdown. One of them by Khalil Herbert, 11-yard touchdown. Last one, uh, one-yard pass to Mercedes Lewis. And that right there is usually not going to win you football games. You can't spot a team 21 points like that. I mean, ugh, just you, you can't start like that. And spotting them 21 points in these consistent deep drives down the field. It wasn't like the Bears started at midfield and then Mm -hmm. went, okay, all we have to do is get to the end zone. We've got half the field out of the way. No, these were like 70, 80 plus yard drives down the field. Most of them capitalized by some form of 50 yard pass. The one that stands out to me is that 53 yarder to Cole Komet. The wide open one? The wide open one. So was the Lewis touchdown too. Again, yes. again, the Cardinals are just leaving guys wide open. And the Cardinals are leaving guys wide open. This is going to sound obvious, but they're leaving them wide open in a way that makes me absolutely dumbfounded watching the game because I don't know what the blocker who's assigned to that player is doing. I don't know <laughs> where he is on the field. I don't know what he's up to. Um, the Cardinals also, I would have been more okay with the fact that they were leaving someone, someone wide open if I felt like they were getting pressure, pressure. on fields mm-hmm. and they weren't yeah just one sack on the day Dennis Gardeck and really I mean that's been some of the most the biggest production we've seen out of the pass rushing group and I think that just shows you that that is one of the biggest needs for this team right now but yeah but getting back to what you said uh their drives sustained really well they had six plays 74 yards that first one 11 plays for 90 and then eight for 54 they just were putting together drives using the run game a lot and like you said using those explosive plays and just that's the perfect storm against this Cardinals defense that one is just we the stats say it themselves like they are just not good against the run and they give up explosives that's they just they are not going to win any games if you're doing that defensively I don't care what you put on the tape offensively because I mean even that was kind of a very 
they needed a lot to get going today. And I wasn't worried heading into this game about those explosive offensive plays for the Bears because the only sort of explosive target they have is DJ Moore. And he got hurt on the first or second play of the game eventually ended up coming back but not making a huge mm-hmm. dent in this game. Um, he Justin Fields found his new favorite target in Cole Komet, who oh, then yeah. would also leave the game yep. in the second half. And I thought that that would sort of wipe out that explosiveness that the Bears had been all of a sudden experiencing against this Cardinal secondary, and yeah. it didn't. Yeah. Just to recap... Khalil Herbert, 20 carries, 112 yards, one touchdown. Justin Fields did it himself, too. Nine carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it just looked like it was Kyler Murray versus Kyler Murray, or Justin Fields versus Justin Fields today, because they both showed the same thing. And I think Justin Fields had a very good day. Obviously, I think the passing stats don't jump off the page. 15 for 27, 170 yards and a touchdown to a pick. But I, I think he put them in a position to win, and he really got them out of the gate to start. I mean, that's, I think, a big reason was the way he was orchestrating that offense to move them forward. And that sort of momentum carried them to that 21-0 start, truly. It was every time he came out there, it was, we're going to move down the field. The offense looked cohesive, even though they had lost some pieces Mm -hmm. earlier in the game. And they really looked like Everybody knew exactly what they were doing. The lack of pressure that the Cardinals also applied to Fields made Mm -hmm. it easier, him being a mobile quarterback. We all knew the run game was part of his game, and he could really rattle off any yardage he wanted against Mm -hmm. them. The one that stands out to me is Fields held the ball for 14 seconds, and the Cardinals couldn't get to him, and it ended up being a positive rushing play for Justin Fields. That looked like the the beginning of the Kyler Murray Raiders scramble. Yes. It had yes. very it had a lot of shades. I was like, whoa, 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 that looks like Kyler. Uh yeah. But I mean and that's the thing too. It's just I think everybody knew what they were doing right away. Run the football, find the tight end. And regardless of the Cardinals knowing that from the get go, they could not stop it. Because four catches, 107 yards, that would have he would have had probably a huge, massive, bigger day than that. Because after that, it looks a lot like what the Cardinals have been looking like. Because DJ Moore's next up, three catches, 18 yards. Rashawn Johnson, three catches, 16 yards. Tanyan, one catch. Like outside of one guy and outside of that tight end, they really didn't do much in the passing game for the receiver side of things. He spread the ball out a little bit, but not to the point where it's like, yeah, there's two guys beating you. No, it was one guy. He got hurt. They still couldn't figure it out. And the guy who really beat you in the end is Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. Because he his passing stats never jump off the page. If you look at them, it's never, wow, he did it in the air. Mm-hmm. Look at how accomplished he is. It's all the little intangible things that he does with his legs. And the, and the, and the 170 through the air, that is a frustrating 170 because of the amount of scrambles that he got out of the pocket, out of sacks, and was able to make things happen. I think everybody looks at the running game, but he impacted that passing game even more so just because he could escape the pocket, keep drives alive. He only had one sack on the day. That's all you can ask for. And that's kind of that's honestly what I think with Kyler. That's what that's the type of game that a guy like Kyler needs. Obviously, he can win it by himself, but if you can get all these other factors involved, like the James Conner, and get the running game really started, that could pay dividends throughout that whole game, which we saw, because the Bears, obviously the fourth quarter was weird. Seemed like the Cardinals could have came back there, classic Bears, but they just stuck with what worked. I mean, Herbert having 20 carries, that's 
very uh, very concerted effort right there. 20 for a running back who to start the game was not number one on the depth chart. And not to, I don't want to compare and contrast Kyler Murray and Justin Fields, but I'm about to do it. Watching the Uh-oh. game, it felt like <laughs> Justin Fields knew right out the gates he has to prove to yeah. the Bears organization that he is their quarterback of the future. That looking more and more with the Panthers' loss today, that they're going to have the number one pick in the NFL draft, that they don't need to draft a quarterback with it because he will will you to victory in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions about Kyler Murray and is he going to be the franchise quarterback moving forward? He looked very comfortable out there today, not accomplishing a lot for this team. He seemed like, okay, I can sit back and I know that I'm the quarterback of the future, Mm -hmm. so I can win this game and that's what I hope to do. But if I don't, it's not a deal breaker. In the way that Justin Fields really looked like he was playing for something and he wanted to prove it to everybody. Yeah, I think Fields I think Fields is in a very different place than Kyler Murray right now. But not, I mean, last year you could probably say the same thing about Kyler before he got hurt. Or not even before he got hurt, but in the offseason. I mean, yeah. The parallels are definitely there, and I wrote about it. You can see it on ArizonaSports.com, but it's definitely, you can definitely see the two sides of it where Fields looks like every play, it's, I am playing for another team. I'm playing so somebody else can look at me. When it all goes down, if they trade or if they try to get that first pick, make it a quarterback. There you go. We've talked on this podcast about what are the options for the Cardinals if they decide to move on from Kyler Murray. And one of them is sort of what is his trade capital like right now if they were to get rid of him? I think it's incredibly low. And I think that Justin Fields is proving why his draft capital need be if the Bears decide to move on from him is something a little bit higher than maybe we assumed. Yeah. And your your trade value is going to be low when you watch a guy like Joe Flacco throw for like 357 yards again. Dude's winning fantasy football leagues for people. One of the oldest players in the league I did see during the broadcast during the television broadcast today, they had flashed up after the uh Mercedes Lewis touchdown for the Bears that he is one of the oldest of, players yeah. in the league oh, yeah. and so is Matt Prater yep. and Joe Flacco was also on that list um, it was very reminiscent of sort of 10 years ago those names on the list that stood out to you as sort of leaders of their team yeah speaking of Prater he's that dude if you guys didn't know because he was about one of the only bright spots for the Cardinals this week had a 55 yard field goal and that made it his 80th of at least 50 yards and that just extended his lead even more over Sebastian Janikowski. Uh, Jano had 58. So there's a big... uh, (laughs) That's quite the gap. There's a big gap there. And he's also a couple more closer, or two more closer to one more closer to say. I'm getting all jumbled. He's also one more closer to to potentially tying the single season mark of 11 field goals of 50 yards or more set by Daniel Carlson in 2022. He's got nine right now. He had one of those today. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. yeah, he's up to nine right now. So I don't know if there's anybody more accurate than him from 50 out currently, right now in the game. I couldn't, Absolutely th- not. I couldn't think of anybody off the top of my head, which also makes me a little bit more frustrated with the Cardinals that you just can't get yourself in position to even let your kicker kick a 55-yard field goal. The fact that you have that option is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can't get yourself to just pass midfield to allow that, 
it's more frustrating. Yeah. Uh, th- this past week, actually, they called him the uh, Kyler called him the X factor for the team. So that was pretty cool. You don't really hear kickers getting that much love. And he's actually by far the most, he scored the most points for the Cardinals this year. I think he's like 80 something now. The offensive MVP of the Cardinals yeah. is their kicker, yeah. which says a lot about how their season is going, going so far. Well, speaking of scoring, James Conner did find the end zone. So we got to give him some flowers because he was probably the best part of the offense today. He had 12 carries for 45 yards, but he also did in the receiving game five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. And he was Kyler's favorite target. Kyler ended up going 24 for 38, 63.2% passing for 230 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. I think that might be in one of the first games. He's thrown multiple touchdowns and no interceptions all season. Maybe. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like that's off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, should we get into the weird discrepancy of targets again? Or not targets, of catches again, I should say? Because, hey, something happened today. The Titans aren't leading. A Titan is not leading the way in the receiving game. All right, go ahead and give me the But you want to know who it is? I do want to know. James Goddard. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, so running backs actually... Not tight ends, running backs accounted for 12 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. Demercado and Connor just got it done today. Demercado had seven catches for 40 yards. Tight ends were next up. They had, between Trey McBride and Higgins, they had eight catches for 48 yards. Then you get to the wide receivers Greg Dortch, Rondell Moore, four catches, 75 yards. Greg Dortch, light the Dortch. Had a score too. So once again, wide receivers, not only like second, they're third fiddle right now. And Michael Wilson came back for them, their biggest target, right with Trey McBride. Seven there. targets in the past two games, zero catches. I will say today, I think of those four, two of those were just catchables. Un, I was going to say uncatchable okay, balls. Okay, the, so, the other two were catch. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. So it was about a 50-50 split on catchable balls and uncatchable balls today. I know that he is a rookie and he is coming back from injury, but he's bigger than 85% of the guys out there who are trying to cover him. And his inability to get open, especially in this game, worried me a little bit. It's something I'm going to keep my eye on for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at the targets, too. You've got Demarcado had eight. McBride had eight. Dorch and Moore combined for eight. It's just (laughs) a wide receiver is needed. And even when Marquise Brown isn't playing and other guys have to step up, I mean, it's just clear. There is, or even when he's playing too, a wide receiver is needed. An influx of wide receiver help is needed. And a big receiver and a potentially number third pick receiver should be the answer. Because I don't think anybody's going to shell up the money for T. Higgins in Arizona right now. Because that guy, he should command the most, I think, this year. Trying to land a number one spot. Probably. But I don't think the Cardinals need to do another tie up all your funds in a wide receiver. No, which... Saw that happen with Hop. Yeah, and I think to pivot this conversation a little bit, um, but still in the form of like going out and addressing an issue, the Bears went out and they addressed their D-line this year. Mm-hmm. They went, we don't have a leader we don't have anybody to kind of back this D-line up. So they went out there and they got Montez Sweat from the Huge. Commanders, who now leads the Commanders and Bears in sacks 
this season. He's leading two teams at the same time. That's one of wild. One of which he doesn't even play on anymore. And he's come in to Chicago and immediately given yeah. them a pass rush, a leader, somebody for this defense to look up to. Yep. I think the Cardinals could make, not this season, but in the offseason or even during the regular season next year, go out there and make a move similar to that. They have the cap space to do so. They're top 10 in available cap space next They've year. They've got picks. They have picks. But they do it before the draft. Exactly. They have the capital overall. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They've got a lot of cap. To make this happen. So I'm intrigued to see, like, you bring up a T. Higgins. That's somebody they could go out there and get. You don't want to see a repeat of what happened with D. Hop. You can't throw that much money. You can't throw Mm -hmm. that much money out there. You really need to make sure that this is your option. Marvin Harrison Jr. stands out as the obvious option for them right now, given where they sit in the draft. Um but the wide receiver problems are so apparent and they become glaring. Exactly. They become more and more substantial for this offense every single week. Yep. Yep. And I'll be honest, I think Greg Dort should be the slot guy moving forward, not Rondell Moore. I think that this team in general doesn't know what they're doing with Rondell Moore. We yep. started the season with him as a, a running, running back. back. And he's played better as a running back. Yes. And now we've moved him in. I mean, he had a few passes today. He had a few knocked out of his hand. He had a few catches. He's, I don't mean to play the really small card, but he's really small. He's really short out there. And he's just not an easy target to get the ball to. And he's more of a vertical threat, in my opinion, too. But that just doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like this coaching staff or this offense has figured out exactly where he's going to go or where he, as a puzzle piece, fits into the greater offensive picture. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued to see what they will do with him next season. Yeah, me too. Well, since we were on the draft, we might as well go take a look at the old tankathon dot com and see where the Cardinals currently stand. So we're recording right during the Sunday night football game between the Patriots and the Broncos. Cardinals are actually in the second spot as we speak. Now, that could change by the end of the game depending on what the Patriots do. But they're submitted in the top three for another week. So that's overarching. That's the good news, I guess, if you're looking to the future. Losses suck. But good receivers in the draft are good. Uh, the other pick, though, that they have from the Houston Texans, that moved up at least one spot today. So mm-hmm. there we go. So they're currently at 16 overall, but watched Pittsburgh win. They watched Seattle win. Minnesota losing her a little bit because they could have moved up as high as 14, depending on what Denver does. So we'll see what's going on there. But currently 16 could move to 15. So inside the top 15, that's good. I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you, you're hoping it doesn't move any any farther away from that because I don't think, given what we're seeing out of Houston, even without C.J. Stroud and some of these guys, they're still putting together some decent games. I think they got handed a big L today, but still are competitive. It, it'll be interesting to see where... I think you can pretty confidently say that the Cardinals pick will end up in... The Cardinals' own pick will end up in the top four. Yeah, Washington's scary. Washington is scary. Yep. But they're, they, they're, they won today against the Jets? No, they lost. Oh, they if they would have won, that would, I mean, that really would have cemented things. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, you're in the top five somewhat comfortably. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then that Houston pick, you don't really want it to move from 15. Nope. Because the second that you get into that second, I would almost break it up at 1 through 15 is that's where you can kind of get the guy mm-hmm. that you want and anywhere behind 15, it's, well, let's see what those other teams need to go out there and get. So intrigued to see where both of those picks end up and also intrigued to see what the Cardinals decide to do with that overall pick because Mm -hmm. if they end up falling to like a four or five with that first overall pick the odds that Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone by then. So package him up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot for a lottery ticket. It's a lot. So you... I. There's a lot of questions going into this year's NFL draft that I feel like last year's draft didn't have that this year's does. Who, If the Bears have the number one pick, are they taking a quarterback? Are they not taking a quarterback? Are they trading out of that number one spot? I mean, they fleeced the Panthers last year. <laughs> yes, they did. Looking back on this trade, it is a fleecing yes, and... Carolina almost won today, though. That would have been, I mean, that would have just made it so much of a wild last two games on a bad side of things. Bears fans rooting for the Packers today. Something I'm sure Crazy. they never wanted not to say. <laughs> but no, it it's there's a lot of questions surrounding this draft, especially if you are the Cardinals or any team within that top five going, who's going to take a quarterback? Teams outside of the top five, do we need to trade up to guarantee we're going to get the quarterback? Yep. How close are Caleb Williams and Drake May actually? Yeah, that's... It's going to be so funny to watch this draft cycle of just the who's the two or three names that are going to come out of nowhere and be like, oh, yeah, they should be involved in the top three, where I think we all know who the top three are. I think it's Caleb, May, Marvin. There's no... No Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels. He's four. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a little high for Imagine him if he went to the Raiders with Antonio Pierce. We were having this discussion actually yes. in the newsroom last week. A few people were talking. I was about, talking about it. Yeah, Cardinals. Yes. Day. I was like, that would be. And then they go and hire Herman's like a consultant or something. I don't personally. I don't see it <laughs> happening. But the amount of rage from Arizona State fans would oh, be man. inconsolable. It would be wild to see just the band getting back together in Sin City. I don't need to see the band get back together. I don't think anybody does. No. No. So, yeah, 27-16, Cardinals on the losing end to the Bears. I I don't know if I've got anything else on this one. No, I think I'm pretty wrapped up on this subject matter. Should uh, we look forward to next week? Next week, Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. They're, that's... Uh, In Philly. That could be... That could be rough. <laughs> that could be rough. I think that is the understatement of the year. Jonathan Gannon against his former team. I think we all know what Philly fans think of Gannon, even though I think lately they're kind of wishing he was back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they still have a very big grudge, it seems like, against him. So that'll be something to watch. And Philly is kind of struggling, but they still have a lot of wins. So that'll be very interesting. I I don't even know what to tell you about like it's just I think everybody's going to be watching Gannon's interaction walking into that stadium, seeing the fans, seeing head coach Sirianni like it's going to be a big Gannon watching week, I think. <laughs> exactly. Like how is he going to interact with the media? The, yeah, and with that fan base, it's sort of 
I imagine it will kind of be the reverse of James Conner's homecoming we had a few weeks oh, ago yeah. to Pittsburgh, where everybody welcomed him back with open arms. Yeah. Growing up there, going to Pitt, now returning to the yeah. Steelers. Yeah. Hi, welcome. Yeah. Hugs. 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 Phillies. Batteries. They they do not feel the same way no. about him, especially given that I think they're on a three-game losing streak. You might be right. You might be right. Let's let's take a look at this old Philly squad. Yep, three-game losing streak. SF, Dallas, Seattle. Man, mm. if they lost four straight against Gannon and the Cardinals, Philly might melt. The fans would riot. Just implode. Yeah, yeah. that'd be it. Cars would get flipped. Santa better not show his face. He'll get hit with batteries. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll be it for them. No, so... I know oh, that'd be five straight because they play who the Giants tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they have so the Giants they, tomorrow. They lose next week, lose tomorrow. Oh man, that would be something. Woo! Looking forward to Gannon's homecoming. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that's going to be a good one. But before we get to that, I think we should first, since it's the season, Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that good stuff. Let's talk about our. Uh, Christmas Eve traditions. I think that's a good one, just to wrap it up. Since it's Christmas Eve, and since this is definitely a tradition we've never had before, doing a podcast on Christmas Eve, so here we go. Give me yours. Give me your Give me your family's one, because you were telling me something earlier, and I want to hear this full story. Alright, so Christmas Eve traditions in our household are, we eat the same thing every Christmas Eve. What is that? It is salami paninis and tomato soup. That is such a Chicago... Thing. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find our trying to mix our cured meats in there uh yes yeah, so that is Lord. yeah that is that's what we have every christmas eve and then we will open one present okay on christmas eve and then everything else on Christmas. This is where I was telling you off the podcast that things got interesting. Yeah, this w- is great. Was my parents did it. They had different Christmas Eve and Christmas traditions. And so when me and my sister came along, they had to kind of decide what were they going to do. And we ended up doing what my mom did as a kid. So my mom would open one present on Christmas Eve, the rest on Christmas. My dad as a kid would go to sleep on Christmas Eve and everybody would wake up at midnight on Christmas and open everything. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That is, that's perfect. I yeah. think that might have to be adopted at the Drake household. Because, oh, okay. What do you do now? Well, I mean, it's the classic open one gift at Christmas Eve and then wait for the presents on Christmas, but I am, I'm terrible. I am so terrible when it comes to Christmas and just not waiting. I'm just, I got everything done, so open it all up. It shouldn't be sitting here. Let's all play with everything. Let's do it right now, especially having a kid. Like, I was putting together a bunch of stuff just a couple days ago, and everything I built, I'm like, well, hey, we should just bring her down here and see if she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> let's have her dust it out now. Yeah, let's just see. We'll wrap it again. She'll never know. Uh, but yeah, so our family tradition, when I was young, when I've lived in Northern California, I would come out here to Arizona and visit my family. They all lived in Mesa. And same thing, Christmas Eve, open one gift, and then Christmas would happen, and everybody goes around and opens one at a time, and we had a pretty big family, so that would take a little bit, and I think eventually, like halfway through, it was just like, all right, everybody just open everything, but yeah, good time, used to always do it at my grandma's house, and now we do it at my aunt's house, and have my mom in town, or in the valley now is awesome, so it's going to be a very busy day tomorrow, but it's going to be a very fun day, and Brady is now two and a half, so she is uh, definitely 
talking about Santa all the time. And she actually saw one of her presents get delivered and asks every day about her Paw Patrol present. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you you showed me when you came in here one of her presents. Oh, yeah. Big bumper car. A big bumper car. Yes. I would take an adult-sized bumper car. I would, too. Yeah. That would be very... I think a lot of things would get bumped. Oh, a lot. A lot. That would be my main form of transportation around the office. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was what's uh, give me your favorite gift you've gotten or the most memorable? A few years ago for Christmas, um, before my 21st birthday, my parents gifted me a trip back to Chicago mm-hmm. to see all of our family with night tickets on my 21st birthday to Wrigley Field. So we wow. went to see the Cubs play the Mets. Dang. Yeah. What month was that? June. Okay. So, June. Yeah, nice. so it was lovely. Yep. It was uh, late. My birthday is June 20th. So it was late okay. June in Chicago. It was a night game, and uh, which I didn't know beforehand, and I don't know if other sports franchises do this. But I sat down in my seat, and during the seventh inning stretch, somebody who works for the Cubs ran out and dropped a gift bag in my lap. And I opened it up, and it was full of Cubs memorabilia what? and merch. What? Yes. Jeez. I don't know if that happens. So I need to go have a 21st birthday at Wrigley Field. You're too late. Mm, by like 10 years. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that was the best one. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I think mine, uh, I got golf clubs one year, and I think it was like my first like legit set of golf clubs. And then that was it. Been hooked ever since. <laughs> I, I know you have been, because the one the, just during the bye week, you were talking to me about how you had been out golfing yep. and it was great. And oh, yeah. we live in the right state to oh, do that. Yes, we have to, even though it's a little uh, a little pricey right now. Yeah, fair enough. The heat the heat has its advantages sometimes, <laughs> people. Take it from me. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I think we are festive. So uh, once again, twenty seven sixteen, the Bears take down the Cardinals. Rough showing for the Cardinals out of the gate. They tried to put down come they tried to have a comeback bid, but that fell short. Short. And once again, they take the loss. 12th of the year. They're 3-12 and 12 now on the season. And that's going to do it for the Cardinals corner. But before we go, I want to leave you with one more thing. Make sure to have a great Christmas and holiday. Whatever you guys celebrate, do your thing. And make sure, because there's still football to be played tomorrow, that you enjoy football and get ready for another episode of Cardinals Corner coming to you next Sunday. We'll see you next time.